you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. to reap the harvest that God has promised you. Every one of us I know could testify to the fact that God has spoken some very specific things to us regarding our families, regarding our children, regarding our future. And I'm here today just to remind you that God keeps his promises. And if he has promised you a harvest, you go ahead and take it to the bank because he doesn't change his mind and he doesn't go back on his word. He is not a man that he can lie and he will keep his promises. Can we just thank him for the fact that he keeps his promises? Amen. I'm going to be turning your attention today to the book of Galatians, the sixth chapter, and we are going to be starting in verse number seven, Galatians six, beginning at verse seven. The word of the Lord says, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We shall, no question about it, we shall reap if we faint not. I will be bringing to you this thought today, the reaper's hat. Would you all lift your hands, lift your voices to the Lord and ask him to have his way in this service this morning. God, we worship you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you have already met us in this place. God, I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay. Anoint the word that you have spoken into my spirit. Let it have its perfect work in our lives. And we give you praise and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, someone say in Jesus' name, you may be seated. I wish that Sister Chelsea was here today because she would uh, probably be my strongest amen corner this morning when I say 
that I enjoy reading a really good book. Do I have any readers in this place that enjoy reading a good book? Now, my idea of a good book and everyone else's idea of a good book may not be the same. I'm not uh, into reading the most popular books that are out, and I'm not really overly impressed by the latest and the greatest authors that everybody is talking about. No romance novels for this girl. I'm not entertained by it. No sci-fi, no conspiracy theories, anything of that sort. But I love to read books about church history and books written by the elders of our movement. In fact, I have a pretty good collection of books written by Joy Haney and books by Vesta Mangan and Evangeline Rodenbush. And I, I have a book on that is the biography of Willie Johnson. She was a woman evangelist that happened to be preaching a revival here in the city of Frankfurt the night that my grandfather received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I have books on the Azusa Street and Topeka, Kansas revival, and those are just a few of, of my books, to name a few. Give me a good book about red-hot apostolic revival and personal accounts of harvest and miracles and missionary journey, and I'm all in. And if you have any of those books laying around that you're not reading, bring them to me. I'd be glad to read them. One of the elders um, in our church, Sister Paula Myers, the majority of you know who she is, she recently, of course, had to move uh, up in northern Indiana with her family. And she was having to downsize in order to uh, move into the space. Her brother told her, you can't bring all of your stuff. You're going to have to downsize. You're going to have to get rid of a few things. Well, Sister Paula had quite a library that she had collected, and she wasn't able to take it with her. So she decided to box up all of those books and to send them up to the church for anybody that would like uh, to go through them. And so they brought totes literally full of books up to the church. And I know that several of you, um, we tried to get the word out as best as we could. Several had come up and gone through those books. And those of us that love to read, we were like kids in a candy shop. I'm telling you, we were pilfering through all of those books, and everybody was trying to be the first one to get to those books. Dylan was determined that he was going to beat me to the books. So I finally got my chance, and I was going through those books, and there happened to be a book in her collection that was written by the late Helen Anderson Cole. And for those of you that may not know who she uh, was, she was the mother, or the stepmother, I'm sorry, of Billy Cole. The book wasn't written to display her craftiness or uh, her um, ability to be a wordsmith, but rather the book was written to highlight uh, a few of her experiences in ministries and to share some of the stories that had inspired her. So I grabbed the book, and I went home, and it went to the top of my list. I was going to read that book before I read anything else. And I got about halfway through that book when one of those stories literally just jumped off the pages and spoke deeply into my spirit. 
Sister Cole was writing about um, her experiences on the mission field. She traveled extensively um, on the mission field for many years. She and her husband were on a multi-country trip that began in Italy. Anybody want to go to Italy? Love to go to Italy. And then from Italy, they went to Spain. And from Spain, they went into Portugal. They had ministered throughout the countryside, and it happened to be harvest season in Portugal. Sister Cole had noticed that in the fields were women that were working armed with hand sickles and bushel baskets, and they were laboring in the hot sun. But there was something that was very uh, peculiar about these women that really stood out to her. While they worked in the dusty fields in the heat of the day, they all wore beautiful, wide-brimmed, black felt Spanish hats over their bandana-covered heads, just like this one that's displayed before you. She thought that it was so unusual for these women to wear such elaborate hats to merely be gleaning in the fields. Later in their travels, they stopped at a store, and they were hoping to buy Brother Cole a hat. When Sister Cole happened to look up and noticed one of those black felt hats up on an upper shelf, she was so fascinated by the hat that she asked the clerk if she could see the hat. And Brother Cole, at first, he kind of resisted it because he said they couldn't take one more thing home from their missions trip. But the clerk reached up, and she handed the hat and placed it very gently in Sister Sister Cole's hands. While Sister Cole was admiring the hat, the clerk asked her, Do you know the story of that hat? Do you know what that hat represents? Sister Cole shook her head and said, No, I've noticed women wearing them, but I, I don't know what the hat represents. And the clerk said, it's called the reaper's hat. And it's worn by the women who work in the field. The story goes that as the women worked their way from the edges of the field into the choice harvest in the middle of, of the field, that they would fill their bushel baskets with the best of the harvest for the Lord of the field. But when their baskets would reach capacity, they would then remove their reaper's hat and fill the crown of the hat with enough of the harvest to sustain their families and the closest to them. Their hats would be full of the best of the wheat to make bread that would feed their families. I've come this morning with a word from the Lord for someone today. Someone has been toiling in the field and you have become weary. But the Lord says, be not weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. Some of you have labored in your homes, but the harvest season is coming and your labor is not in vain. You've worked to keep your family together, 
I want you to know that harvest season is coming and you will reap the blessing of what you are sowing into your family. When it seems like no one notices, God was keeping a record of every tear that you have sown over your family. You may have faced difficult times worrying about wayward children who seem to be far away from God. Oh, but I want you to know that harvest season is coming. God has promised you a harvest. Continue to sow. Keep sowing. You've wondered if your efforts are in vain. But I want you to know that the Lord is faithful to those that are faithful. And he will keep his promise. And I'm here to tell you the harvest season is coming. And you are going to reap a harvest for your efforts. Your prayers have broken up some rocky ground for your family. Your faithfulness in troubled times has captured the attention of God, and he is watching. Your worship, even when you are weary, has challenged indifference. You've wrestled when it would have been easier just to have given up and thrown in the towel and walked away. But you were determined to keep your family together and to keep pushing and to keep striving. You've opposed hell's intent for your children. You've sown seed, but you haven't seen the harvest yet. But I want you to know the harvest is coming. The enemy wants you to believe that what... Uh, believe that you have been overlooked and passed by, but your season is coming. He has not turned a blind eye to what you have sown. Your efforts uh, feel insignificant at times. They seem like they may be mere handfuls or mere basketfuls and simple hatfuls, just small amounts. But I want to remind you that the Lord has promised you a harvest if you faint not. Somebody needs to speak it until it comes to pass. Somebody needs to say this morning, my season is coming. My family season is coming. My harvest is coming. My family will be saved. My best days are ahead. There's a harvest coming, and that harvest is going to sustain your family, and your family will be saved as a result of that harvest. Why don't somebody praise God for his promises this morning? references in the Bible to sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping was established by God. Genesis 8 and 22 says that while the earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night will not cease. It goes without saying we will reap whatever that we sow. Whether it's good seed or destructive seed, we will reap what
whatever we sow. Each of us will reap a harvest of fields that we have planted. Every day we are sowing into the harvest that we will reap. What you do today, you're going to reap it tomorrow. It's the law of sowing and reaping. Every day is a choice, and every choice is a seed that you are sowing into your harvest. Deuteronomy 30, 19 declares this truth. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Every choice impacts our future. The seeds that we plant really do matter. The friends that we make matters. The company that we keep really does matter. The spouse that we choose, young people, really does matter. The way that we choose to live our lives matters. The path that we pursue matters. The way that we raise our children, parents, it does matter. The things that we surround our families with matters. The things that we place value on matters. These all impact our future and the future of our families. We will either reap the consequences of our choices or we will reap the blessings of our choices. Our choices will either bring life or they will bring death. It's the law of sowing and reaping. Some will reap a harvest for a lifetime and some will reap a harvest for eternity. This is why that it is so important that we plant seed that we want to reap. We make the choice. The next generation will either be blessed or they will be cursed by what we as parents allow in our fields. Our choices matter. That's why we must consider the principle of sowing and reaping. The Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians 6, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We are not going to trick God. We're not going to sow one thing and expect to reap another. If you sow wheat, you're going to reap wheat. If you sow corn, you're going to reap corn. If you sow in the flesh, you're going to reap things in the flesh that you don't want to reap. But if you'll sow in the spirit, you will reap the blessings of God. Hallelujah. Paul goes on and admonishes us to be careful to not sow in the flesh because we will reap corruption. There is a world full of heartbroken reapers because they didn't have a grip on the law of sowing and reaping. They didn't understand the danger of sowing in the flesh. If you sow in the flesh, you're going to reap moral decay. If we sow in the flesh, we're going to reap a harvest of sorrow. 
If we sow in the flesh, we're going to fall to temptation. If we sow in the flesh, we will reap destruction. Parents, if we sow in the flesh, we're going to lose our children. I'm going to say it one more time. If we sow in the flesh, we're going to lose our children because they follow our lead. If we sow in the flesh, our families will be carnal and cold and indifferent towards the things of God. But if we sow in the spirit, we will reap in the spirit. I need some elders who can help me testify to that right now. If you sow in the spirit, you will reap a harvest of blessings. If you sow in the spirit, you will reap joy and peace. If you sow in the spirit, you will reap families that are kingdom-minded and living for the Lord. If you sow in the spirit, your kids will learn to sow in the spirit by your example. Come on, moms. Lead your children to the altar. Sow in the spirit. Teach them how to worship. Sow in the spirit. Show them how to pray. Sow in the spirit. Example faithfulness to them. When you do, you are sowing in the spirit, and your children will reap the benefits. I want to encourage a mom today who is struggling to keep her head above water with mere day-to-day living. You're struggling because your house is messy. I understand. My kids were little at one point. You're, you're struggling and you're tired and you're weary because the kids are crying and your laundry's piled up and you're living on a tight budget and you're exhausted and you're overwhelmed. But I want to encourage you today to keep sowing in the spirit because one day when those babies are grown, you're going to reap in the spirit. I want to reassure a grandparent who has been praying over your grandchildren, hoping that they will either find the right path or stay on the right path. I just want to remind that grandparent today, there is God potential planted in those grandbabies that is right on the brink of of bursting forth. Continue to sow in prayer for those grandbabies, and you'll see it come to pass. I know that it's Mother's Day, but I want to strengthen a dad who feels overwhelmed and ill-equipped for the job of leading your families. I want to encourage you today, Dad, don't get weary. Don't give up. Come on, some parents. Keep sowing in the spirit. Keep leading by example. Keep charting the course. Your family is your greatest harvest. Your family will reap if you faint not. Harvest is coming for your family. The greatest Mother Day present that you can give your wives men would be to step up and to lead your family, to sow in the spirit. Don't put the job on your wife. Dad, you need to lead. You need to stand up. You need to lead your family and sow in the spirit for them. The women of the field in Portugal were not famous. They weren't known by many, 
They didn't live their lives in the spotlight. They worked in the fields, but they weren't reaping crops by the truckloads. On the contrary, they were merely reaping by the bushel basket full and by the hat full. I don't imagine that they were making a great impact on the economy of Portugal with their harvest, but their harvest was impacting their family. Their harvest and their efforts were supplying bread for their families that sustained them. I'm sure that there were days that they felt discouraged because they weren't seeing the immediate effects of their efforts. I'm sure that some of them asked the question, what's the use? Why do I keep trying? Nobody knows me. I'm insignificant compared to others who are reaping a great harvest. They may have said to themselves, I'm not seeing my family growing by leaps and bounds as a result of what I'm doing. They may have even thought I'd be better off to let someone else more experienced do the reaping for my family and the sowing for my family. But I want to rebuke that lie of the enemy this morning. Your family, ladies, are depending on you to sow in the spirit. They are your greatest harvest field. God has commissioned you to sow into your harvest field. You're sowing not just for yourselves, but you're sowing for your children. And you're sowing for your grandchildren. And you're sowing for generations that will come after you if the Lord should tarry. What you sow today, generations after you will reap the benefits. A harvest is coming from what you are sowing today. I want to encourage you, don't be afraid to till the soil of your children's hearts. Root out the stumbling blocks. When you see those warning signs, don't be afraid to root it out. Build a firm foundation in the hearts of your children. Go ahead and cultivate the Spirit of God working in your children. Encourage their sensitivity to the Spirit. I know sometimes I'm sure I sound like a broken record, but that needs to be encouraged in your children's life because whatever you encourage, that's the path that they're going to follow. Encourage the things of the world, they're going to follow the path of the world. Encourage sports, they're going to follow sports. Encourage whatever, Hollywood, they're going to follow Hollywood. But if you'll encourage the things of the Spirit in your children's life, they're going to follow after the things of the Spirit. They're going to live up to your expectations. I want to challenge you this morning to win your children to God. What good does it do you if you win the whole city of Frankfurt and you lose your children? Win your children to God. Instill in them a love for the church over a love for the world. Be their Bible study teacher. Don't depend on our Sunday school teachers to do it. You be their Bible study teacher. Preach the greatest message that they'll ever hear by the life 
that you live in front of them because your life in front of your family is preaching a message to them. Preach the greatest message that they have ever heard. Make the most exciting things in their life centered around working for the Lord. The scripture tells us, train up a child in the way that they should go. This is how you sow in the spirit for your children. Show them how to value the things of God. The greatest harvest you will ever reap will be the day that you can stand back and you can declare that I have no greater joy than to know that my children walked in truth because of the things that I sowed in their life. Someone this morning needs to declare, I'm going to sow in the spirit for my family. I will reap the benefits of my labor. God has promised me a harvest, and I am going to take him at his word. I'm going to stand on his promise because my harvest is coming. Can someone give the Lord a shout of praise right now? Anyone knows that harvest, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't sow and reap in the same season. This is why the Apostle Paul said, don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get tired and overwhelmed in the sowing season. You have to work for your harvest. You have to protect it from foxes that will spoil the vine before the fruit is ripe. You have to water the seed with the word of God. Without watering, your seed will never reach its full potential. Encapsulated in every seed is the prospect of yielding the greatest harvest that has ever been. I want you to know that encapsulated within the 75 or so children that are in these classrooms is the potential for the greatest harvest that the church has ever seen. That's why it is so important to sow in the spirit for our children. But without the efforts of, of sowing into our children, that potential will never produce. Tending to the seed you've sown and watering that seed is not wasted time. I remember what it was like being a young mom. I remember the days of school when I was having to get very sleepy boys up out of bed on a Monday morning after a long Sunday night at church. I remember what it was like to walk down to the basement because they were out of clothes and the laundry being piled all the way up to the laundry chute. I know what that's like. I know how overwhelming that it can be. And I know how tired that you can get. But when you are making that effort to sow in the spirit for your children, and you're tending to the seed that you've sown, and you're watering it, you are not wasting time. I want you to understand that that time is trans a transitional period where the seed begins to take root. 
and what is on the inside begins to spring forth and it begins to grow. There is great potential in your children. The Lord has planted potential in them. He embedded a plan and a purpose, and it's just waiting to break the surface. The Lord is speaking over your children this morning, and he is reminding you today that before he formed them, he knew them. Before he formed them, he knew the plan that he had for them. Before he formed them, he knew what he intended for them to become. Before they were born, he sanctified them. Before they were born, he ordained them for service in his kingdom. Within the seed of their potential is destiny concealed. But when it breaks forth and it begins to spring up, it is destiny revealed. It is what God has inside of them and the plan he has for them. Let me speak to our youth and our young adults and some of the children that may be in here this morning. The best thing that you can do to honor your moms today is to let her know that I'm going to be easy to lead. I'm going to follow your example. Any young people willing to follow the example that your parents are setting for you? You need to be willing to follow that Christ-centered example. Moms, listen, the best harvest is the crop that grows in the center of the field. It's not around the edges. Have you ever driven by the cornfields and you noticed that the edges looked really scraggly and looked like that you could just go in there and barely pluck it and it would fall over? But the best crop grows at the very center of the field. This is why it is so important to keep your family in the center of the church. Raise those babies in the church. Show them how to love the church. You can't be jealous of the growth of someone else's harvest that was rooted in the center of God's will if you chose to plant on the edge of God's plan. Keep your families in the center of the church. Root your family in the church. Make Christ the center of your family. And if you will do that, you will reap a harvest that will have eternal impact on your families. Some of the greatest examples of sowers and reapers that I have had in my lifetime have been my mom who kept me in the center of the church when I didn't want to be in the center of the church. It was my grandma who showed me how to be faithful with a walk with God, even when she thought that nobody was watching. It was my mother-in-law who prayed diligently and refused to give up on her children that had walked away from God. It was aunts that never walked away from God, but remained faithful over the years. Some of my greatest examples have been women in this very church who continued to bring their families to the house of God when they often came alone. You all were sowing.
in the spirit for me. You were showing me that I would reap a harvest if I fainted not. You were toiling in the fields for me. I want to encourage someone today that your harvest is coming and that your sowing and your toiling is not in vain. And God is going to bring that harvest to pass that he has promised. Somebody is watching what you're sowing. Somebody is going to be benefiting from what you're sowing. God has promised you a harvest. Psalms 147:14. He maketh peace in thy borders and filleth thee with the finest of wheat, the best of the harvest he has promised you. Keep sowing in the spirit for your family. Psalms 126 and 6. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his harvest with him. God is promising you the best of the harvest. Numbers 18, and the best of the oil, and all the best of the wine and of the wheat and the first fruits of them, which they shall offer unto the Lord, then have I given unto them. He is promising you the best of the harvest for your family if you will sow in the spirit. You may not be able to see it yet, but I promise you it's coming. The harvest is coming. You haven't failed, Mom. You haven't let your families down. It's not hopeless. It's not too late. The harvest is coming. Can we stand together all over this place? No doubt under the sound of my voice is women and men and maybe even some young adults and young people who have had a promise of God of things that you are going to harvest. I want you to know that if you will not faint and you won't give up and you'll keep pressing towards that mark, that God is going to give you the greatest harvest that you can imagine. If you'll stay in the center of the church, if you'll keep God the center of your lives, if you'll make the work of the Lord and the things of the Lord the most important thing in your lives and the lives of your family, one day you're going to reap the benefit. One day you're going to stand in front of the Lord. And I just believe that there is going to be that great cloud of witness of your efforts and the biggest witness of your efforts is going to be your family that you take with you, that great harvest. I want to hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and thou faithful servant. You sowed, you stayed faithful, you sowed in the spirit, and you reaped a harvest. If there is anybody in this place that wants to commit to the Lord, I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to give up. 
I'm going to continue to sow for my family. And I'm trusting the Lord that I am going to reap that harvest. Would you make your way to the front just as a sign of commitment to the Lord that you are going to do what he's called you to do. And the harvest is coming.